Um, I'm a female therapist and a lot of females come to see me. Emotional eating comes up a lot. Um, emotional eating is yeah. something that's really um, strong with women um, and something that we rely on a lot. Um, social media, if we want it to work for us, it's resetting with social media. Social media, the people behind social media really understand the dopamine highway and they really want to hijack that hope dopamine highway to get that reward system. Christine, Christine Doyle, welcome. Thanks very much, Connor. Thanks for having me on. What's your uh, background? What's your field, Christine? So I am a counselor and psychotherapist, um, and I'm also a well-being life coach. Uh, I see people on a one-to-one -one basis mostly. I see clients one-to-one, -one, and I really do focus on how our body and our mind is really interplayed with each other um, and I'm really interested in how we can support our mental health with our well-being and that's really why I offer both in my um, practice. Uh, what is dopamine? Yeah so dopamine is the reward chemical and um, that we get from those instant feel goods that we want to feel better in ourselves so it's it's a real kind of um, a reward um, center it, it 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 is a chemical that transmits the new, the reward center of the brain and i suppose it is very much prevalent in modern society it's that hit it's that feel good it's that the, the temporary feel good um, and it can it can really be something that we all get hijacked on and something that we can all really rely on maybe a little bit too much um, and can overshadow other areas which can be more meaningful and offer us um, a, a better feel good than the cheap hit of dopamine. And in your work as a therapist, um, when people present to you, uh, do you find that there are some areas more prevalent than others like so are, are people presenting with say addictions alcohol pornography social media what are you finding is is coming up and is there something coming up more often than than something else if you like well you know certainly people who um present to me uh are talking about social media more and i suppose the loneliness they feel as a result of maybe spending a lot of time on social media um, addiction does come up with me as well because I am sober so I'm sober two and a half years and so a lot of people who would come to me might know that and might come to me for that reason so maybe in my therapy room as opposed to other therapy rooms and um, sobriety or alcohol addiction or drug addiction does come up a good bit as well because um, I'm a female therapist and a lot of females come to see me emotional eating comes up a lot um, emotional eating is yeah. something that's really um, strong with women um, and something that we rely on a lot. So um, porn and masturbation, we're an Irish society, we're a very cloaked society and shameful society, don't come up as much, although thankfully um, more things like that are being discussed in the therapy room. But certainly it will be social media and um, emotional eating and then um, alcohol addiction mostly will be the areas where dopamine is really show, rearing its head, I suppose, in my therapy room. Is it possible to reset dopamine levels back to baseline levels? Is, is that what a dopamine detox is essentially about? I suppose, you know, we're not... 
when we're when we're searching for answers we're often looking for all or nothing answers but we're not in an all or nothing world and a dopamine detox isn't that it's not going back to baseline it's really um retraining our brain and of course with neuroplasticity we know that how we are is not how we always need to be that our our neurons are constantly being rewired and retrained so it's the same with the reliance on dopamine and maybe pulling away from serotonin. Serotonin is um, another feel-good hormone, but it offers lasting happiness. It offers that feeling of contentment. So I would often differentiate them as serotonin. When, when we have lots of serotonin or lots of serotonin levels, we feel good. When, we're, when we don't feel so good, we're looking for the feel-good, which is the dopamine, and that's the quick hit. So yes, as, as we change um, our, uh, our, our lifestyle, our, our environment that supports our well-being, we can focus more on serotonin, which is more meaningful and plentiful as opposed to dopamine. And all of this starts with maybe going back to pulling back from some of the dopamine highs that are evident in each individual's life, because it's different for everyone. And having a bit of a reset, I wouldn't call it a zero, and I wouldn't call, you know, detox is, is kind of a funny word to use with dopamine because we can't get rid of all dopamine. Nor should we, you know, it's not something that we need to achieve for, but it's to become a more aware of where maybe the cheap highs that we're getting and where that can cloud the more meaningful or permanent happiness that we deserve. So that's what a dopamine detox really is there for. And do you find that there are certain t personality types that are more vulnerable to addiction? Uh, for example, you mentioned that women would be more vulnerable to, say, emotional eating. What do you find in terms of men and say young men or young women? Um, are, are there certain vulnerabilities that they should be mindful of? Well, I mean, I think with all young men and young women, um, social media is definitely the biggest one that we need to be really mindful of. It's so easy to just um, encourage everyone to eliminate social media, but frankly, without social media, probably you and I wouldn't be having this conversation today, Connor. And yeah. there's a lot of really good things to be said about social media. However, social media is built around dopamine. It is built around that high. It is built around the like and the um the the what do they call it? What do what's the Snapchat thing? I can't even remember what you do. I've never Snapchat. had Snapchat. Have you? <laughs> I'm not on Snapchat. I've never but had lots it. of my lots of my clients would be at uh, streaks. There you go, streaks. Okay. Um, so like so we have to understand that um social media, if we want it to work for us, it's resetting with social media. Social media, the people behind social media really understand the dopamine highway and they really want to hijack that hope dopamine highway to get that reward system. So I suppose COVID-19 hasn't done a lot to help us in that either, in that people were pulled away from meaningful social connection and were able to then meet that need for social connection in the dopamine high that they received from social media. And then that kind of stayed. So certainly for young people, social media is much more, it's much more of a difficult draw than it is for others. However, we are we can all be susceptible to it. Um, in terms of then people who are more prone to dopamine um, hijacking, it's often people who are feeling low mood. So if our serotonin levels are low, if we're feeling low in ourselves, we're more likely to reach for that 
quick feel good and we're more we're more easily influenced by that dopamine hijacking so mm. again the more and that can feel a little bit despairing because if i am feeling low will i want to feel good but it also gives us a real insight into well look maybe it's really worth me pulling back from the dopamine feel good highs to allow the serotonin back in and there are ways that we can allow the serotonin back in as as well but that's more with intentional pursuit of meaningful happiness um which we can get into later as well okay today. um very often when people are pursuing dopamine hits it, we hear that it's followed by feelings of guilt and shame mm about that what what do you think is going on what's going on there well i suppose with dopamine when we're reaching for dopamine we are numbing so we're coming away from a feeling that we have that's uncomfortable mm. so um for example dopamine as you said dopamine hits can be reached from um gossip emotional eating social media tv um porn and masturbation gambling um, they're kind of the, the key ones, um, alcohol and drug addiction or alcohol and drug use. Um, and so it's often coming away from a feeling that I need soothing around and I'll go for a quick high around it. Um, so the quick high does really work and it provides that reward chemical, you know, it numbs that feeling. But mm. afterwards, we're left feeling very empty and um, the reward doesn't last long. And then we can, you know, with any reflection at all, we can see that pattern of behavior where we're engaging in, frankly, activity that is not really deserving of us. You know, so, mm. you know, emotional eating is something that I really found in my dopamine detox that I was really susceptible to. And so that emotional eating yet feels good in that moment. But afterwards, it's not that I really wanted that, I don't know, that Cadbury's bar. It was that I wanted to feel better. But now not only are the initial feelings that I wanted soothed, not soothed, you know, because mm. they were temporarily soothed, but they remain because dopamine doesn't last. But also now I'm on a spiral or on a pattern of emotional eating where I feel I'm not in control of my eating either. So mm. actually it exacerbates the low feelings or the difficult feelings that we have by meeting them with just a, a, a false or superficial reward that kind of numbs them for a moment. So that leads to the feeling of shame that I'm not even actually able to um long lasting you know in a long lasting and meaningful way meet mm. my own needs and i'm engaging in patterns of behavior that really i know i'm worth more of but i actually don't know what else to do or i don't even catch myself before i'm doing them and that's mm. where the dopamine detox can be really helpful because it can bring awareness when we pull away from the behaviors then it can really kind of highlight our awareness as we're going back into that pattern so if i've broken the pattern for mm. maybe two weeks, which is what I did on my dopamine detox. And you can do it for any length of time that you feel will be achievable for you and meaningful for you. But as we break a pattern, then as we go to find ourselves maybe re-engaging in that pattern, there's much more awareness. So the dopamine detox is really helpful for that part. So the level of shame is often brought in. The level of shame that you mentioned is often brought in because we we know that how we're meeting our needs is actually not we what we want, desire or deserve. And but it's the only way we know how. And it brings along other behaviors that aren't helpful for us. And how significant is, say, biology and environment, for example? So if you were doing so we, we know like that that the environment is is a stimulant. 
Mm-hmm. Right. What are, would you be talking about, like changing your var- environment completely? How would you change your environment as you're, you're about to embark, say, on a, on, a, on a social media detox? Yeah, so um, it's really to have awareness, first of all, around what you want. So what what do you want for it? So if it's a social media detox and you want to detox for a period of time from social media, mm. it's looking at, well, where are the triggers for your social media? Environment, Connor, is a huge part of our well-being that is often glossed over. It really, mm. really is. And um, some people, when they're doing dopamine detoxes, will take themselves away to a cabin in the woods, you know, without Wi-Fi and do their dopamine detox there. Or need to turn off the Wi-Fi in the house. Mm. Um, and if that's what you need for your social media detox i would encourage you to do that what we want to do is make the detox as easy as possible so we know that the habit of mind will be there to just kind of minimize the effect of the dopamine that doesn't really matter i'll just go back sure just you know i'm doing much better today i'll just go back in a little bit so really what we want to do is foresee the triggers foresee the areas that make um, that, 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 that draw the dopamine and see, OK, well, what could I do with it, about that to make it easier for me to detox from social media? So, for instance, um, when I was doing my dopamine detox for me for social media, I deleted all the accounts from my uh, phone, iPad um, and my computer. Nice. So they're not deleted. They're yeah. just removed. Sorry, that's a better okay. word. They're removed. They're removed for a period of time. But I. I'm a big believer in intentional living. So mm. I made an intention with myself that this was what I was going to do. You know, um, I am on Instagram a good bit for my business. So I did, you know, kind of say on, on my on my page that I would be doing this if anyone wanted to do it along with me and also to feedback how it was done. I let my family and friends know that just by way of, you know, conversation that this was something that I was going to be doing. But I really, I suppose, um, said it out loud a few times um, in saying it out loud, I invited accountability. Um, I had inner accountability. I had, I had placed a real intention with myself. I'd given myself a period of time. I knew what it was going to look like. Was it all social media? How was I going to do that? So in that way, I really made my environment much more um, safe for me to be able to achieve my goal, which was two weeks without social media. Um, and yeah, and so, yeah, your environment is really, really um, important. But I don't think we can. We need to have the all or nothing. Mm. People kind of think, well, if I had that environment, it would be so much easier. If, if it wasn't like this in my house, it would be so much easier. And there is a bit of personal responsibility in that if you want more meaningful happiness, we need to pull away from that dopamine reward system and allow the serotonin back in. Um, and it is in doing that, deciding, well, what? what it is that you want to dopamine detox from and how you could make that easier for yourself with regard to your environment. You used the word meaning there and purpose mm. a couple of times. Um, and in my journey, and I suppose my journey of exploration, talking to therapists, psychiatrists, et cetera, this word, these words keep coming up. Um, so with the detox, right, um, can people expect withdrawal symptoms in the early stages at least? Can, can people expect to feel really bad? Oh, well, from my experience, absolutely. You know, and to really prepare for that, there's, um, with dopamine, it's an instant reward, okay? Mm. So I feel a little bit uncomfortable. I can instantly reward myself. 
So that that uncomfortable feeling is met very, very quickly. Okay, when we're inviting serotonin back in, we have a life that is more comfortable, that's less prone to those uncomfortable feelings. But in the interim, yeah, we have these uncomfortable feelings and no real means to meet it. Okay. Mm. So in in the in the interim where you are feeling those uncomfortable feelings. First of all, to be really aware of them, not to be scared of it. Some people can feel, oh, my God, I felt that uncomfortableness 20 times today, whereas I felt I really didn't check social media that much or I wasn't really prone to emotional eating that much or I didn't feel alcohol at as much of a draw on my life as it did. Um, so sometimes when we have the initial withdrawal, it can be quite confronting to witness how often we feel uncomfortable without that easy go-to because with emotional eating social media whatever it might be that is your dopamine easy fix we're not even aware of it it's so automatic that we we feed that dopamine fix that we're not even aware of it so that uncomfortable feeling is really to try and sit with it and be aware of that and know that with that that this is why this is meaningful, because we can keep doing the dopamine fix Our, you know, as you said, their purpose and meaning. If we keep doing the dopamine fix, we never really find ways to meaningfully and purposefully and intentionally find long lasting happiness. So it's to come away from the instant reward system to be able to sit in the uncomfortableness, acknowledge that, well, look, it's coming up a lot because this is really what I was curious about. This is what I wanted to know is, you know, how often am I doing this? How often would I feel uncomfortable without this dopamine? And what are the uncomfortable feelings? So, you know, journaling can really help through the dopamine detox. Mm. Nature, going outside, chatting with those people that maybe that you've been quite open about that you're engaging in this dopamine detox around and um, looking at flow you know so we look at things so dopamine is often a numbing activity so we're numbing our feelings and another way of maybe coming away from uncomfortable feelings is to get into a real state of flow where we lose time feel really good we're doing something we feel really good about so whether that's being out in nature whether that's walking the dog whether that's um, writing something that you feel really good about, whether that's in getting involved in a work project, whether that's starting that book that you always wanted to write, whatever it might be. Um, as we feel the uncomfortable feelings, if we can expect them, accept them and meet them as opposed to numb them, you know, so they are there because this is the habit. This is what dopamine has created. And I suppose the awareness of how often they happen can really give motivation to try and come away from that pattern of um of what of need and then numb need and numb need and numb um you mentioned uh, okay so so abstinence is a real is a big part of this this journey this dopamine detox i can understand how we would do abstinence in terms of social media and alcohol we'd have to do a lot of abstinence in terms of alcohol or recreational drugs etc but in terms of eating Abstinence becomes a bit complicated. What what would your hints and tips and advice be there for somebody looking to to cope with emotional eating? 
Yeah. So first of all, you know, just to advise that anyone who has had a difficult relationship with eating in the past to really tread very carefully with this, I would recommend that they engage with a therapist or a medical professional before they do anything around and um, looking at emotional eating with regard to a dopamine detox. So just to be really cognizant of your own um, relationship with food um, and to um, meet yourself where you are with your own relationship with food. So that's the first thing. Um, so the second thing is um, with emotional eating, uh, you know, we live in a plentiful world, Connor, and um, I'm I do not encourage um, scarcity and do not encourage limiting our punishment around food. But what can happen with emotional eating is that um, especially with women, we can engage in a cycle where we're really, really great until maybe 7 p.m. and then five or 600 calories come in after 7 p.m. with this emotional eating, sitting mm. on the couch eating, scrolling eating, numbing eating. And so it's really that kind of that eating that can come in because of maybe um, feeling anxious or lonely or tired or bored. But again, feelings that are there that are just met with a pattern of emotional eating. So if Again, if you feel with regard to your dopamine detox that emotional eating is something that you know is there for you, it's to look at, okay, well, what would be good for me? And we would often recommend in a dopamine detox to focus on three really solid meals for the day. You know, so to make your meals meaningful. Again, mm. we, we, you know, when we're talking about a dopamine detox, we talk about meaning a lot because we're encouraging serotonin, which is a meaningful happiness. So we're looking at what is meaningful in terms of eating. So having three meaningful meals where you sit down, you take time, often with emotional eating, there's a denial of the eating. So it's often done in a rush or as you're standing or walking past or grabbing something or bits here and there, or certainly that was my experience with emotional eating as well. So it was really deciding, okay, well, if I'm having three meals a day and I really want to nourish my body and my body to feel good, mm. how can those meals be really meaningful where I'm sitting for at least half an hour you know that I'm enjoying every bite that I'm making the meals and um, deserving of me um, and I suppose what can happen is you plan your meals better you know you want it to be a lunch that you really enjoy you've had four hours to look forward to this it's probably not going to be a packed sandwich from Centra you know whereas that might have been the pattern it encourages it encourages I suppose it's uh, a food that you deserve and food, food that feels really good for you. So emotional eating detox would often look like three meals a day, but may also include two snacks a day as well, if that's what your requirements are. But again, it's to have intention of what they are and maybe not hijack that sugar high and low or the glucose high and low so much. So to be aware of how you can nourish your body in a meaningful, long lasting way that isn't susceptible to too much glucose that can set your mood going up and down as well. Okay, so walk, walk me through the process. You went, you did your own detox. Was it emotional eating and social media or was it one or the other? Or which one was it did you focus on? So as I said, I'm sober anyway. So that was that was kind of knocked on the head for me. Um, mm. So it was emotional eating, TV and social media. Yeah, emotional it eating was the three. All at the same time. All at the same time, yeah. That's a, I did that's do it during the summer, Connor. I would recommend it during the summer, um, you know, because you're outside a lot. The yeah. feel good of the sun, you know, we want to we want to be living um, our you know our full days. So I did it during the summer. 
And I decided those three areas were areas that were maybe clouding me from allowing more meaning in other areas of my life. So that if I felt uncomfortable in any way, I might go onto social media or I might flick on Married at First Sight Australia on TV or I might reach for the fridge. What um, was our first dates Australia, was it? <laughs> Married at First Sight Australia. Okay. Married oh, at First is, Sight, okay. It is glorious, you okay. know, and highly addictive. <laughs> so, um, and something I still absolutely love. But yes, in the dopamine detox, it was to be aware of the areas of my life that maybe were drawing a lot of my attention, mm. that were distracting me from areas that I would like to have more attention. Mm. So I chose social media, TV and emotional eating. And the dopamine detox is a very reflective thing. So you start off with a few questions. What are the areas that you feel will be good for you? Mm. You know, How long do I feel that... It will be meaningful for me, but also achievable for me. The last thing we want to do is set ourselves up for a failure. And mm. we're often in a kind of a very push society or scarcity society. We don't really want to do that. So we want to make it very inviting, you know, achievable, easy, and um, mm. so that it's something that we can really engage in. So I set two weeks. Some people do four weeks. Some people, I'm sure, do longer. Some people do one day. It's really up to the person and what they feel would be achievable for them. And um, someone who's really on social media a lot, a day would make a huge change, you know, a really, really big change. Mm. So it's really to see where your levels are at and what would be meaningful for you. So um, I decided, yeah, my length of time and I decided things I was going to do. And then I set up my environment. So um, with regard to food I planned my food I planned my food for the first three days I'm not really great beyond planning for three days so I planned for the thir- first three days and then every kind of two or three days I did it that way made mm. sure I had food that I really really enjoyed but that would be satisfying for me and I planned around three meals Um, I planned around my social media as I said I took it off all my devices um, and you can do that just remove your accounts rather than delete them so after the two weeks you can go back and reinstate them on whatever devices you now choose to reinstate them with that Mm. maybe awareness of how much do I want to allow this back into my life and then with TV as I said it was the summer maybe during the winter might have been a little bit more difficult but it was the summer um, there, I let my family know that I wouldn't be watching TV. So I just kind of stayed away from the TV room. I was doing other things. But, you know, if you're doing other things and you're not watching TV and you're having more lasting feel good, you often find that people will come and join you. They might come out of the TV room as well. So, mm. um, so yeah, they were the three things I decided to do. And they were they were that was the period of time that I decided it for and that was kind of how I set myself up and what I decided to do um, and the reasons that I decided to do it and in the first few days did you find it, it, it got easier over time like were you suffering kind of withdrawal in the first few days and it got better and better and better yeah I mean there were definitely I suppose you know it's quite shocking Mm. And, and disappointing mm. <laughs> to, to, to witness the level of frustration you know that you want to pick up the phone you want to just scroll you want to um pick out something from the fridge and I remember actually one day in the first few days um something had happened I can't remember something that happened that had really agitated me anyway and I went through the motions and found myself with my head in the fridge searching and I didn't mm. even really 
remember how I got there. It was it was very automatic process, you know, like the, the body remembers. And um, mm. so uh, as I was feeling these uncomfortable feelings, my my I just walked straight over to the fridge. I opened the fridge and I found myself grasping, you know, and looking and really quite agitated looking in the fridge when I caught myself and realized what I was doing. And I hadn't really realized the extent of emotional eating until that point, that there was a really, really strong feeling there that I did not like and I did not want. And so I was searching for what I could get a hold of that would stuff it down. You know, and that's, of course, depressing our emotions, Mm. which, you know, on an ongoing basis leads to depression, you know. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to push down that feeling and not deal with it and so as I stood back and I closed the fridge Mm. and sat with it well then I invited and curiosity is a really good friend when we're on any self-exploration journey curiosity is a really good friend to us Mm. so again okay so here I am I'm feeling really agitated obviously this is what I tend to do I tend to go and just stuff it down and, and not feel it anymore but what do I actually want or what do I need instead Mm. that is more deserving of me that will be better for me that I would actually be meeting my need rather than maybe pushing it aside or ignoring it and for me in that moment it was connection and in in the dopamine detox that was what kept coming up for me over and over again Mm. it was connection you know that we feel disconnected whether it's from ourselves our environment our purpose our meaning from others around us from the life we're living um, and that disconnection is uncomfortable. But what could I do? Okay, so I could either take something that would stuff the disconnection down. You know, I could scroll on media and feel that temporary connection again. Mm-hmm. Or I could do something that would really build connection. You know, I could call a friend. Um, I could, you know, turn to a member of my family and ask for a hug. You know, I could even go outside and just ground myself in the grass or with the dogs and just build that connection with myself, with nature. And look, it sounds very different to what I used to do. Um, you know, that 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 quick high was what I was looking for and mm-hmm. is what probably led me to sobriety as well, is that reliance on that quick high. But it's much nicer, you know, to pause in that moment and not go down the trap of, well, here I go again, or I can't believe I'm doing that, which will be the initial feeling. But instead think, well, look, what do I need and what do I deserve more of? What am I looking for? And it was that connection. So there were a lot more hugs in those two weeks, Connor, you know, a lot more conversations, wow. a lot more picking up the phone to people or even texting people that maybe I hadn't been in touch with for a while. Yeah. A lot more spending time with myself and journaling. Um, but yeah, connection was something that really came up and um, and was quite uncomfortable. But I really invite people, if they're thinking of doing the dopamine detox, just to expect it and maybe not sabotage themselves with that feeling of I shouldn't be feeling this way. We, our culture and our society has fostered that we feel this way all the time. And, you know, we are distracted from actually tending to our emotions to feel good in a meaningful way by keep going into this dopamine cycle. So you will feel uncomfortable. It will be uncomfortable, but that doesn't need to feel bad. You know, that can actually feel good, you know, that this is the first step to me having more meaningful contentment in my life rather than keeping hijacked on this dopamine wheel. And when you did you cheat? Can you remember? 
No, I'm, I'm quite, you know, no, I do abide by rules. Um, I do abide by rules. I also knew I would, I could, I would cheat. Um, so I really did, I suppose, announce it or let people know um, and set my life up for it. But no, I really did not want this anymore. And I mm. really was curious as to what it would look like. So no, and, and that's why I'm saying as well, if it's only a day for you, just do it for a day, you know, or mm. for, you know, anyone here, it's, if it's only for a day, do it for a day. You know, we could all say, oh, well, I'm going to do it for, you know, two months and I'm going to do everything, you know, and I remember actually in my gym recently that my gym instructor was setting an intention for the month with all of us. And um, she said, okay, Christine, what's yours? And I said, okay, well, I'm going to go vegan four days a week. I'm going to drink three liters of water a day. I'm going to get 12,000 steps in a day. I'm going to wake up at six every morning and do yoga poses. And I'm going to come to the gym five days a week. And for that month, I failed on everything. Yeah, because mm. I set the bar too high. Yeah? Yeah. Whereas if I just stuck to two liters of water a day, you know, I, you know that that is achievable. So it really is around seeing well look how does this really feel for me you know and not looking at anyone else's detox but maybe putting your hand on your own you know solar plexus on your own stomach and seeing okay well just within how does this feel for me is this something that I can really meaningfully do what other supports do I need what would be really good for me why do I want to do this why is it important for me Mm-hmm. Um, and then just set a target that you feel will be achievable for you. So um, if we're cheating, we're doing it wrong. If we're cheating, we're setting the bar too high. If we're mm-hmm. cheating, we're expecting too much of ourselves. So if if you find you do cheat, just take a breath, take a week or two, and maybe refresh and try again. But try not to be so hard on yourself around it. You know, I certainly didn't do everything. Um, I just mm-hmm. chose the ones that I thought would be meaningful for me. I still mm-hmm. shopped. Still love shopping, <laughs> which shopped. is a, which is a big one. It's a huge it's one. A shopping, big one. yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I I even one. get a huge rush when I buy a, something nice. You know, it's uh all the time. I mean, I I love shopping, but um yeah yeah no I I um so you completed the whole shopping detox. You've done that as well, right? No, I haven't. And actually, you know, if I had, you know, it's interesting because Connor, if I had added shopping into that one, right? I don't know if it would have been a success. Right. So I purposefully didn't add shopping in. Not that, you know, I'm sure I could go two weeks without shopping, but in that two weeks, I didn't want to fail. So I really looked at the parameters that I felt were achievable for me, weren't mm. too much for me, that were kind and inviting for me and something that I really wanted to do. But I didn't beat myself up. I didn't set the bar too high. Um, shopping might be something, yeah, I might look into again, but I, <laughs> maybe not this week. So I think the lesson here is number one, don't overextend yourself. Um, and number two, don't try and detox from everything at the one time necessarily. No. There's this, you can do a stage process. Don't set yourself up for failure. Bite-sized yeah. chunks. Uh, you, you can do a one-day detox next week and then in a couple of months' time, do it, do it a one-week one. And you can build that way. And that sense of accomplishment that you get every time you complete it will reinforce your desire to do it again and again and again and build that habit, right? That's exactly it, because once you do one detox, I mean, I loved it. I mm. absolutely loved it. I was a little bit sad that the two weeks were over. Um, and, you know, there are things that I did keep in place and other things slipped. But when I think of that detox now again, or if I set it up for next week, I will be really looking forward to it. Mm. So as we start to pull away from that 
dopamine that has maybe kind of a control over us rather than us a control over it and um, we we reset ourselves in a life that is more serotonin based and serotonin is where we do our mood is better we do feel good and mm. when we feel good we don't need the feel goods you know so mm. we actually feel good and um, so as you do a dopamine detox and many people do then they go back and they do one maybe once a quarter or once or whatever but there's there's no need to set up loads of rules around when to do it again what's really inviting is knowing that that I have done that and actually Mm. if I start to feel maybe that I'm kind of going into social media a bit too much or that I'm unmarried at first sight Australia on a loop and a loop and a loop or my head is stuck in that fridge again that that's awareness then to me that look maybe I might like to do that dopamine detox again and Mm. that it's always an invitation I know how to do it and it's it's achievable. It feels really good. Feels really good to kind of take back control over what you decide to do in your life or how you decide to give your day or how you decide to feel good. So mm. yeah, most people who do a dopamine detox don't really end there. And um, whether they do it on a shorter term basis or a longer term basis, whether they do it a couple of times a year or even just a day here and there, knowing that that actually really does help me feel good is what we're all after all the time. And actually what we're after in the dopamine search but it's actually in coming away from the dopamine that we really achieve it and feel it. So post your dopamine detox, you came out of it. Did you revert to your old habits and patterns quickly? How did you taper off? If you like, what happened on the day? Did you have a big party of food and married (laughs) at first side um, (laughs) the next day? Was that the, was that what happened? No, (laughs) Um, no, it was it was uh it was funny as i said i was reluctant to come away from it um mm. so social media is something that um i'm still really um considering um i saw i don't know did you see recently matt Haig came off social media he's just some, someone that i really admire he's an mm. author and um really uh introspective guy mm. and he just he just said um uh, goodbye internet hello life um, which mm. I thought was quite poignant. And, um, you know, we had a real realization that social media was too much for him. But for me, I still don't have social media on my phone. So mm. I have social media now only on my iPad. And my iPad is only in my therapy room, which is here. And mm. um, so I only use it for work. I don't have personal accounts, but I do have a professional account. And I really do get great interaction with that professional account. And I use it um, to interact with people on a meaningful level. So I really enjoy that. Um, but I have muted a lot of people. So we can mute without unfollowing. And um, so it's less offensive to anyone else. And I have muted any account that just didn't really feel good for me. So Mm -hmm. as I went back into social media, I was much more aware of where I was feeling good and laughing along and feeling that real engagement with people that I really do have on social media and other accounts that for no reason other than it wasn't good for me and just didn't really feel good. So I went in and I muted a lot of accounts. I'm much more um, curative in my social media feed feed mm. and much more aware of what I put out there as well um so uh, I think again we don't live in an all or nothing society Connor and it would be easy just to kind of go well I'm just not going to do any of that anymore but mm. I think I would have been cutting off my nose to spite my face so it is something though that 
it can get it, it's easy to lose some of those parameters so it's easy to kind of you know fall down the rabbit hole of it a little bit so I am very reflective in social media and will find at times that I'm not feeling good in myself and so I'll look at my social media and see okay well what's going on at my social media that maybe isn't helping this or isn't that right environment for me to mm. allow myself to feel good so although I'm back in social media with a much more aware and curious mindset and I do kind of check in and see and I do put limits on myself if I had it on my phone every school run every pickup every collection every moment of kind of feeling a little bit uncertain of myself I am sure I'd be picking up my phone and on social media so I do make it easy for myself and I put limits on myself so that um th th the environment around me isn't really a social media friendly environment so mm. I do um yeah I do keep some of those up and finally then you you mentioned sobriety and two and a half years off alcohol on a totally unrelated subject how have you find like first of all why did you decide to do that and and how have you found your life has changed since com yeah. completely leaving alcohol the alcohol world behind yeah it's um it's a, like a huge change um and uh and a huge topic you know something mm. i could talk forever about um but i suppose honestly um i'm i'm i really believe that we can all be we all have the capacity for so much happiness. I really do believe that. And it really is dependent on a number of things, on our mindset, our environment, and our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, and for me personally, I felt my mindset was quite gentle. Um, my environment is good. I have a lovely home. There's nothing that I that's that, that's chaotic or anything in my environment. But my lifestyle didn't really support um uh the balance that I wanted in my life and it felt a little bit at odds with what I knew I wanted but what I was doing you know mm. so my behaviors weren't really reflective of who I am um and although I would consider myself the same as most Irish drinkers out there how they consider themselves it just didn't suit me mm -hmm. um uh, wasn't that it was a huge problem and I suppose I felt for a long time that unless it's a huge problem you don't choose sobriety you know mm. because choosing sobriety has a huge amount of shame that you know that is incurred with that word mm. that thankfully is is less and less now but but two and a half years ago, I did feel that and there was a lot of um, feeling around me when I when I chose sobriety, but it was really aligned with how I wanted to live my life and the lifestyle that I wanted and also what I knew would be a gentler pace of life for me. And um, so that was really why I chose it. Um, and what made it really easy was my husband chose it at the same t the same time. So the two of Perfect. us are two and a half years yeah. sober now and um yeah, if there's anyone out there who is struggling with mental health in any way and feels that alcohol may be a part of it mm. and you're thinking of the dopamine detox, that is definitely where I would start. Start with alcohol. It sounds like it wasn't serving you, wasn't ser serving your life at all. So you have to dispense with it. Christine, thank you so much. Where can people find you? Yeah, so Dare I, I say, a... there we go. Pardon me, dare I say it on Instagram or LinkedIn. So I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn, um, yeah. Christine Doyle Psychotherapy, and um, I have a website, christinedoyle.ie, and um, you can contact me there. And thanks a million again, Connor, for having me on. I enjoyed the conversation. So did I. That was really fantastic, really informative. Mm -hmm.